Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marcheseau fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marcheseau. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... And that is when you would usually hear Darren Millard's voice. However, Darren Millard is running around trying to get some odds and ends buttoned up. He'll be with us. He's on location currently, but will be with us shortly. Because, you know, I don't think Darren could handle what's about to come. I don't think Darren could handle the victory lap that I am about to take. And I'm going to take it, and I'm not going to hear otherwise. Oh yeah, I am. I'm 100% poking the bear, Chapman, and I have I have no issue poking the bear because I was right. The ghosts of the Montreal Forum stayed at the Forum. The ghosts did not show up in this series to save the Canadians. The ghosts simply do not exist. And Darren you you said that I would come to a realization at some point in time during this series. You said that at, at some point I would be watching a game and something so wonky would happen that I would say, bleep, Darren was right, the ghosts are here. That never happened. It never happened because the ghosts of the Montreal Forum do not exist. They did not help the Canadians beat the Golden Knights. They did not help the Canadians come back and force a Game 6 or a Game 7 against Tampa. The Canadians just were not as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Lightning, they win their second consecutive Stanley Cup. Chapman... Where are you on the ghosts? Are you going to rain on my parade? Or have you finally seen the light? Do you agree that I am taking my victory dance? I am taking my victory lap. The ghosts had no bearing on this because they simply don't exist. Well, I, I was playing both sides of this because I kind of liked how, how of annoyed and frustrated you would get when, when Darren would. So I would, you know, throw some things out there. But the reality mm-hmm. is yeah. he's not here. I would celebrate every <laughs> single moment of that because when, when he does show up, you know he's gonna either he's mm-hmm. gonna do one of two things: he's either gonna backpedal, mm-hmm. yeah, or he's gonna make up excuses for why the ghosts showed up in one series but did not show up in the much more important series. Well, they didn't show up in any series. Well, like let's be honest the, the, that <laughs> that is a tired that's a tired narrative, like. In the same way that the Tampa Bay Lightning were $18 million over the salary cap, like that's a tired narrative. We can put all that to bed. It doesn't need to be here anymore. But you said he's going to do one of two things. That's untrue. He's going to do both of them. <laughs> he, he, is going, he is going to find whatever hill he can stand on to try to find a way to say, well, the, the ghosts, they, they got held up in customs. I don't really know what's going to happen. But the fact of the matter is, 
Ghosts, paranormal activity, all of that aside, Tampa Bay has announced themselves as the next dynasty, perhaps, as that next team that you look at and you say, this is the pinnacle of what the NHL is. This is how you run a franchise. This is how you win championships. And they have done it in so many different ways. But really what strikes me the most about this win from the Tampa Bay Lightning Goaltending was fantastic, but it wasn't Stamkos, it wasn't Kucherov, it wasn't Point or Sorelli or Palat that chipped in in the last two games and won them this series. It was depth. It was Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow and Pat Maroon and Ross Colton? Like... If you're looking at what needs to improve, if you're looking at how your team stacks up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, not every team's going to have a Nikita Kucherov. Not every team's going to have a Steven Stamkos. That's just the reality of the situation. But when you look at the third and the fourth line for Tampa Bay and how dominant they were in this series, it makes you start to think about how your team can improve its depth and find those pieces that make a difference in the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's just it, right? You you look at the guys who scored game-winning goals for them in this series, and it wasn't the list of people you you would have anticipated. I mean, we we talked, and, and the other day we we threw out, oh, who would be our our Con Smythe winner? And I threw out Braden Point. He didn't have a goal <laughs> in the series. Like like yes. think about that. The the guy scored in what nine straight games? I mean, some ungodly amount of games. During the playoffs, he had a goal, and he doesn't score a goal in the Stanley Cup final in five games. And you're thinking, all right, this team is so good that that can happen because their their depth is so well, so so good. I mean, and the funny thing is, you you look at the heroes, and they were guys that they traded for last year. Barkley Goodrow. Yeah. I mean, I think Vegas fans aren't big fans of Barkley Goodrow, but. Blake oh, geez, Coleman, come on. another guy that, that they got last year at the deadline came from from the New Jersey Devils. And, I mean, last year he got to stick the knife in, in the hearts of the Dallas Star fans, right? Because he's a Texas guy. And, yeah. But, I mean, it, it, the depth, it, it's it's one of those things that, that I think a lot of teams understand. But finding it is so hard to do, especially when you get to the elite levels. Finding that, that good third line, finding that good fourth line. I mean, that's the funny thing, right? Like, we look at Vegas, and for four years, the question's always been, who's the third line? Where, where, where's where's your, your your bottom six? Who are your, We know who the bottom three are. Maybe interchange guys once in a while. But that third line is, is always so difficult to fill out. And I, and I don't think it's just Vegas that has that problem. Tampa Bay seems to have that figured out. The question is going forward. Will they be able to maintain? Because obviously now there's a lot of questions. Obviously, salary cap issues. Coleman, a UFA. Goudreau, a UFA. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, obviously some some questions on the blue line as well as far as UFAs. But I mean, look, we we don't see this a lot in the sport where teams go back to back. To me, I I I just find it amazing that Tampa, who did not have their best player for the entire season in the Kita Kucherov. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just inserted him in the lineup and they became a completely different team. And I know some people may say, oh, well, you know, he's their best player. But to just jump right in and play your first game in the playoffs and right away be one of the best players on the ice, to me, that's that that only happens in a few places where, where, where something like that well, can happen. 
Well, I mean, li- listen, Nikita Kucherov's a special player, and it's it's interesting in terms of how good he was in these playoffs in 23 games. He's got 32 points. Like, that's elite-level scoring from Nikita Kucherov. And, and you look at, even in the Stanley Cup final, not like not terribly effective. Like, he was good in terms of running the power play, but he wasn't really the difference in this series. And when you when you look at Tampa as currently constructed, they have literally everything that you want in a team. They've got elite forwards. They've got deep forwards. They've got great elite defense, and then they've got the best goaltender in the world. And we're going to get to... We're going to get to Nikita Kucherov here in a couple of minutes, just in terms of his post-game press conference. But I, I don't really understand the argument for anyone other than Andre Vasilevsky for Conn Smythe. Like, I, I understand how many points Nikita Kucherov put up after not playing. I understand how many games Braden Point scored in in a row. I get all of that. I do. I really, really do. But Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point were kind of a non-factor in the Stanley Cup Final. And you look back at Andre Vasilevsky, the last five series that the Tampa Bay Lightning have won, including the Stanley Cup last year in the bubble against Dallas, and every series this year, the game that clinched the series was a shutout for Andre Vasilevsky. I am sorry when you do that as a goalie, when you make it so that when your team scores a goal, you win, you're unbeatable, you're the Conn Smythe, you are the playoff MVP, and I don't think it's particularly close. Well, it's it's hard to argue, right? Like, I mean, me and Darren both threw out a couple of other guys, but mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the reality is Vasilevsky, he played every single minute of the playoffs for them, I believe. I know he played mm-hmm. every single game. I don't think the backup McElhaney is at the backup. I don't even I don't even know. That's how that's how that's how funny it is. I don't even know who the backup is. It doesn't it doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. Like I yeah. could have been the backup and it wouldn't have made a difference. <laughs> So you'd have gotten your name on the Stanley Cup. I know, I know. Oh man, that would have been great, right? Like, but you didn't do anything. Who cares? Who cares? It's there. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it, it's it's hard to argue against it. And I know they had some other guys who who really I think could have made a case. But at the end of the day, Vasilevsky deserved it. He was their MVP. I don't disagree with Nikita Kucherov in that regard. He he was their MVP <laughs> from the moment the puck dropped against Florida in in that first round series. I picked them to lose to Florida in the first round series, so I'm eating some more crow on that one. But I think what I've learned is I'll just stop making predictions because they don't ever seem to come true. But so in in terms of Tampa, like and and I was with you in terms of this playoff. Like I, I felt like if there was going to be a situation where they could have been upset, they could have gone into a series and, and maybe not had what they what they needed to advance. I thought Florida, after a great year, maybe they were able to, to do something early on. But what I've noticed about this Tampa Bay team is that they are just surgeon-like. They go about their business. They do exactly what the game needs them to do. And this is a team that does not lose back-to-back games. And like I look at Tampa and I look at the acquisitions that have been made and and I saw a lot of this um, online last night after the game 
of, of this being Steve Eiserman's team. And while the bones of the organization, while the bones of this Tampa Bay Lightning team have Steve Eiserman's fingerprints all over it, you cannot say it's Steve Eiserman's team without giving a nod to what Julian Brisebois has been able to do with this roster. Yes, you look at the big players. Yes, you look at the acquisitions and the drafting that Steve Eiserman did. But we mentioned uh, Barkley Goodrow. We mentioned... Uh, Blake Coleman and and the the one that stands out in terms of Brisebois and his fingerprints on this team is who made the play on the game winning goal this Stanley Cup clinching goal it's David Savard that's a player that Brisebois went out at the trade deadline acquired and this is going to uh, this is going to irk a lot of people they were able to do that because of the salary cap gymnastics done by Julian Brisebois to make sure that this team got another crack at winning a Stanley Cup like when you look at general managers when you look at being creative and you take the Tampa Bay Lightning into account this was a general manager in Julian Brisebois that understood that you might just have these two years right you might have last year in the bubble and you might have this year as your windows because you know it's unavoidable there are going to be changes made in the offseason and this is a general manager that shot his shot not once but twice yeah and and look I I know a lot of people are upset about that the the as you phrased it salary cap gymnastics i think it's, it's in the rules i think it's great that they were able to do it <laughs> I, I, and i know it makes a lot of people angry but look the golden knights did it right like like they had to manipulate the salary cap remember last year they kept sending guys back and forth to to yeah. to the miners so they could make acquisitions at the deadline now granted not to the extent but they still did it you know a lot of teams around the league do it just not to the extent that we saw but if it wasn't Nikita Kucherov and it was a guy who was only making, I don't know, $2 million, and they were only $2 million over the cap, would people have been so upset? Probably not. No. But no. because of who I mean, it was a- and because of the amount it was, to me it doesn't matter. If it's $100,000 or if it's $18 million, the fact is it's within the rules. They, as you say, they, they performed like Simone Biles. Gymnastics with the salary cap. I mean, Julian Breezewap might be the only one better at gymnastics right now than Simone Biles. That's how good he was at, at doing the gymnastics with the cap. But the thing the thing for me, and I think where a lot of fans are are placing their frustration and their anger, is that Tampa is so good, right? Like the team itself is so good that they were able to lose a top five player in the in the game right now right like there's no argument from anybody that Nikita Kucherov's in the top five when he's healthy he is just on another planet we talked about him as being a player that could legitimately challenge Connor McDavid in terms of points production within a season the Tampa Bay Lightning are so good everywhere else that they were able to withstand not having one of the best players in the world in their lineup for an entire season and didn't even have to worry about missing the playoffs because they're that good. Well, they should be applauded for that then because, I mean, you look at the yes. core of that team. Yes. Look at, look, I'm looking at it now. All right, so we take Kucherov out of the equation. Stam Coast, draft pick. Mm-hmm. Braden Point, draft pick. Andre Palat, draft pick. Anthony Sorelli, draft pick. Alex Kalorn, draft pick. Victor Hedman, draft pick. Andre Vasilevsky, draft pick. They have drafted exceptionally well over the years to be in this type of position. 
I mean, you could be people could be upset. That's fine, but they're wrong. And and I mean, it, it's <laughs> you, you you can't be upset about it unless unless you're a Montreal fan, right? Be upset about it, right? You lost to that mm-hmm. team. They're the only ones who should be upset because you lost in the final. It wouldn't have made a difference. I don't think if even if Kucherov doesn't play, I don't think Montreal would have beaten them. But I mean, you, you got to give credit to where it's due. This organization has done everything that they have needed to do over the last couple of years. They've they've suffered the heartbreak, right? You win the President's Trophy and you end up losing, not only losing, getting swept by John Tortorella and the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's got a sting. You go through that. Then you go through not being able to win and celebrate with your fans last year, right? I mean, they won the Stanley Cup, but in a way, it's it's a little tarnished because you don't get to do you didn't get to play any playoff games in front of the people who who support you night in night out. That 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 sucks. I'm happy for no, them I, I, because they first of all they they've done everything the right way as far as building a franchise. Every organization in the league should look at what they've done and try to emulate them because right now they are the preeminent franchise in the NHL, and it's hard to argue against that. I mean, this is a team that, that again, you look at the way that they've been built, you look at the acquisitions, and you look at the patience, really. Like, in in addressing what you could have done and how much different this timeline could be for Tampa if they had overreacted to the loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? If they had overreacted to that sweep and, and traded away pieces of the core, if they would have done that, how much differently... Do, do we look at this team? Do we look at this organization? But they stayed the course, and they believed in their core. They identified who that who that core was, and they identified ways to fortify it. And I think that that really is the lesson here. When you feel like you know what the identity of a core is, and you feel like there's one or two pieces missing, trust in the process. Trust in what you're doing. And I think that's what Tampa did better than anybody else. They also were very creative, and they've also hit on a lot of draft picks. And and listen, I know where a lot of people are going to go with this because we're going to get into Nikita Kucherov. We're going to get into the press conference. We're going to get into his comments right now. And I listen to it, and I, I, I have a different take on it than I think a lot of people, especially in this market, given the, the context of what he said. So let's play Nikita Kucherov, and then let's talk about it. We have Nikita Kucherov. Media, please raise your hand if you have a question. We'll start with Joe Smith, the athletic. Joe, let's hear it. <laughs> Just, let's uh, how would you describe your congratulations? Um, how would you describe your emotions right now after doing what you guys did? I, uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, back to back, and you know, I, I couldn't sleep for three nights. You know, and to be able to win this game is huge. Wasi was outstanding. MVP. I was telling him every day, Wasi, you MVP. You, you're the best player. And then they gave it to whatever the guy in Vegas, the Vezina. And then last year, they, they gave Vezina to somebody else. Number one bull****. Number one bull****. Wasi took both cups. You know, he took MVP and I was keep telling him, he's MVP. He's the guy that... He's the best. You know, he was on his head today and... You know, he kept us in the game, and another shout-out by him, remarkable. Can't even tell more. I'm so happy we 
I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted, the fans in Montreal, come on. They acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? John Romano, their, Tampa their, Bay Times. Their final was last, last series. Okay. So I, that's Nikita Kucherov last night after winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. And now here's, here's my stance on this. This is a game in hockey where we are constantly looking for star players, not just players, but star players to get out of their comfort zone, get out of cliched answers and responses and show some personality. And for Nikita Kucherov in that moment, that's all 100% authentic personality. And you could think that it's classless. You could think that there's no real room for it in the game. And that's fine. If you fall in that, in that bubble, okay. But do not, at the same time, start to talk about how you need more personality in the game. Because you have to take, you have to take the good with the bad. You have to take moments like this from a player that is excited and happy and really pumping the tires of his teammate, Andre Vasilevsky. Like, no one is ever going to fault a player on the Golden Knights talking about how great Marc-Andre Fleury is. And it doesn't mean that they are taking a shot at every other goalie. In this specific case, Kucherov did take a shot at Marc-Andre Fleury and at Connor Hellebuck. But the point is, he's doing it in, in terms of pumping up his teammate. And granted... You can dislike the message. You can dislike the fact that he brought the Golden Knights into his rant after the game. I'm okay with that. But I do think that we can't get to a point where we say, I don't like that because I don't like the fact that he's showing personality. Because we want that in this game. We don't want cliched answers. We want athletes to step out and be comfortable giving their opinion, whether or not it's right or wrong. It doesn't really matter in that moment. You just want something more than, I'm happy we won the Stanley Cup, yay us. The other thing in terms of Nikita Kucherov, the the idea that the Montreal Canadiens fans should not have celebrated the way that they did after winning Game 4, I don't agree with that. Not one bit. When you take into account what this 18-month period has been like with COVID, any time you get to a point where you can celebrate a win in the Stanley Cup Final, you do it because you don't know how often it's going to come around. You don't know when you're going to get back there. I say celebrate every single win like you just won the Stanley Cup. Well, there's there's a few things there. First of all, I disagree with you because I feel like you can have personality without being a jerk about it, without being classless. I I, I mean, look, there. I'll start. With hold on, it. hold on. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Is it classless for? Philip Deneau to eat pizza during a press conference after eliminating an opponent in the playoffs? No, that that's I, I think that's that's within reason. The guy's happy. It's be, it's a little bit of a tradition for him. I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. I don't feel like Philip Deneau eating pizza is taking a shot at the team they just eliminated. When when you go out of your way, first of all, we know he knows who Mark Andre Fleury is. The guy's one. The guy's a, well, the guy's a Hall of Fame goalie. In he, fairness, he, his name might have been escaping Kucherov at the moment. There were some, you know, here, here's adult, the other, here, adult beverages here, that he had had before here, getting to the podium. Here's the other thing. We've all been at the bar, and we have seen that guy at the bar, and when that guy <laughs> tries to talk to you, 
You want you you find an excuse to get away from that guy, right? Whether it's at a concert, at a bar, and that guy who you may or may not know, maybe he's a friend of yours, maybe he's not. He's coming over and he's got his arm around you, and he's he's mm-hmm. yeah. he's obviously had a few adult beverages. Yeah, you, you you kind of walk away from. Hey, listen, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll be back in a minute or two, right? You can't do that in the press conference, <laughs> but. I, I, I didn't see the, the need to take the shot at the Canadians fans. I'm with you. It's like, look, those fans have been through a lot. They're the only team in Canada that is that, that was allowed to watch their team play this season, right? We didn't have fans to start the playoffs. And finally, because Montreal kept winning, they were the team. But it had been over a year for, for fans to be able to see their team live. I mean, look, I I think if Tampa was in the the same situation and it had been, what, 25 years or however many, 28 years it was in between cup appearances and their fans were as passionate as Canadian fans were and are, they would celebrate the same way. I mean, look at Vegas fans, Mm -hmm. the way way our fans here celebrate a win. There's nothing wrong with celebrating. Winning a game in the Stanley Cup final is a big deal. I don't care yes, what team you are. 100%. It's it's a huge deal because it's the hardest trophy in sports to win. And and, and I didn't believe that until I started covering the sport. There, there's there's a reason teams Hold don't on. repeat. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. You didn't believe that? Well, really? I, I I was Come uh, on. I I was a a football fan first and I I I was like, yeah, that that's winning winning the Vince Lombardi trophy. No, I was wrong. There's there's a reason yes, why are. teams do not repeat very often in this sport. There's a reason why number one seeds lose to number eight seeds in the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. there's there's more competitive balance, I feel, in this sport than maybe any other sport that we watch. The teams are the the the, the line between winning and losing a championship is so thin in the NHL compared to other sports. I mean, what we saw was a rarity. Most teams around the league, if they lose their star player for the season, they are done. They are toast. It's yeah, just, you're, it's just you're the not, way it is. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Now, uh, it'll be interesting when Darren joins us later to get his take on Nikita Kucherov, what Nikita Kucherov did last night in his postgame press conference. Again, I think personality is a good thing. The more personality that we can get in hockey, the better. And every time that personality comes through we cannot vilify the player for just being who they are because at that point there's not going to be any personality left in the game we're going to be back on the other side with riley smith as he talks to us about the battle for vegas charity softball game that's coming up on the vegas golden knights insider show fox sports las vegas We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. It's amazing the things you learn about people as you continue to do a radio show with them. Chris Chapman... (laughs) saying flat out that he didn't believe the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy in sports to win. Like, I'm genuinely taken aback by that, Chapman. I I can't actually believe that you thought that. And, you know, the funny thing is I should have 
I should have known at a young age because the team I grew up yes. rooting for, they win the cup in 95. They essentially bring the same team back in 1996 and they didn't even make the playoffs. I believe they were actually the first Stanley Cup champ to miss the playoffs the following year. I don't know that for fact, but I think that is the case. You not knowing something for fact that uh, that's intriguing to me. Um, I, you know, it, it's interesting I <laughs> because I, I think I think when we look at what the Lightning were able to do, and and you know, we go back and we think about the Pittsburgh Penguins when they went back to back, and you know, you look at Chicago and what they were able to do in the 2010s, what the LA Kings were able to do two cups in three years, and I think because we've seen teams have multiple championships we've seen them reach that success multiple times within the last 15 20 years maybe it takes the shine off of it just a little bit but you know when i when i look at tampa and i look at kind of those other teams right now i feel like they're poised to continue to be this good they are poised to be right in the mix again next season and i i think there's something special there in terms of understanding what a modern-day dynasty is and where the Tampa Bay Lightning may stack up against the Chicago's and the L.A.'s and the Pittsburgh's of the last 15 years. Well, I think when you you look at the guys that that they have question marks about whether or not they'll be back, there's some depth guys that they have, but the meat of their team is all under contract, right? Like you look at the Sorelli's and the Yanni Gord's and the Braden Point, Stamkos, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Hedman, all the McDonough, all those guys are still under contract. There's zero reason to think that they're going to fall off. I mean, because as they've proven this year, they can overcome an injury to their best player. As you mentioned, a top five player in the league, the fact that they can still make this run with that guy missing the entire season, as long as they make the playoffs, I mean, outside of an injury to Vasilevsky, I don't see them really taking a step back. I, I just don't see it. No, I mean, I, I think that there's going to be some changes, for sure, when it comes to Tampa. They will look a little bit different next year. But when when it comes to this organization, when it comes to this team, we witnessed the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup with just two minutes and 47 seconds of ice time contributed by their captain and Steven Stamkos last year in the bubble. And we saw this team make the playoffs easily without Nikita Kucherov in the lineup. There is a way that this team is able to kind of deal with those types of injuries to key players. And when you understand that there's going to be a little bit of construction happening with, with the roster this, this offseason, I'm not terribly convinced that anything is going to deter Tampa Bay from being in the mix again next year. And and I think that very reasonably, I can sit here and say that I'm comfortable with the idea of Tampa Bay being one of those teams that can reasonably get to the Stanley Cup final for the third straight year and could potentially win it all again next year. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, some of those changes, right, like they, they, there's a good chance Goudreau and, and Coleman may not be back. But they won the President's Trophy without those guys. So, I mean, they, yep. they, they can plug guys in that fit what they're looking to do. I mean, it, it, they're, they're so good in so many areas, and I think John Cooper is a, is a fantastic coach. Like, I think he's got the right personality to, to kind of mesh with that with that group of guys. Obviously, their front office... They haven't missed a beat with Steve Eiserman leaving and going to Detroit. I 
I'm not going to count. And, and look, they even had a young kid, right? Cal Foot play a lot of games for them in, this season. And, and of course, now he gets his name on the cup, joins his father, Adam Foot, on, on the cup. But, but I mean, they, they, there's just no reason to think that they would take a step back. I mean, if anything, they're probably going to be just as good as they were this past, the past two seasons. So where do you where do you place them right now among the Chicago's among the the LA and the Pittsburgh and and where do you where do you put this team this Tampa Bay Lightning team in terms of those modern day dynasty teams? I think they're right there with them. I mean, I think you you, you look at the Chicago teams and certainly they they had they checked all the boxes, right? They had everything. Fantastic forwards, solid blue line, amazing goaltending. Uh, obviously Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, to me, is real interesting because they, they did it with multiple goalies, which to me is, is what makes it even more intriguing because, to me, when you can do something like... It's like winning the Super Bowl with a different quarterback, which is what, what makes it very fascinating for me. I don't know how... To me, it's always a, a difficult argument to, to make. right? Like, would this team beat that team? Or I just think we can appreciate how good this is and, and how awesome it is to see a team go back to back. And, and like I said, I think they're right there with those guys. I, I tend to agree with you. Like I, I look at the Tampa Bay lightning right now. They're to me, one of those teams that I think can go beyond just what they've done right now. This is a team that has been among the very best for not just these two years, but really for the last three, four years. And I don't know that the window is necessarily closing, even if there are changes in the offseason. So I I wonder in terms of if they are able to get things to break their way as they go through another long playoff run. You, you look at the Stanley Cup championship. You look at just simply how difficult this trophy is to win. You need to find ways to get the bounces. You need to find ways to have a little bit of luck on your side. And Tampa, they've been able to go about their business the last two years with precision and accuracy and really leaving no doubt. And I think that's the thing that puts them in the same conversation as Chicago and Pittsburgh. When those teams won their Stanley Cups, and I'm not talking about the the first Penguins championship with Sidney Crosby. I'm talking about the back-to-back. Like, there wasn't a lot of doubt with those teams. They were just so very good and did exactly what they needed to do in those moments to win. And I look at Tampa in in the same way. Like, this is a team to me that learned how to win, whatever, whatever that means, whatever learned how to win means to you. But they went through heartbreak. They went through getting close and just arriving maybe a little bit too soon and they used all of that as motivation and for me I just I look at this team and I say they have the all the tools here to continue to continue to find ways to get back there and and I don't think that there's going to be much stopping the Tampa Bay Lightning. I look at their division. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs next year, no matter what ends up happening to the roster. I look at Andre Vasilevsky. He's the best goalie in the world. He's only going to get better. So the sky right now, even after back-to-back Stanley Cups, is the limit for the Tampa Bay Lightning. We are back with the Sam and Ash legal minute on the other side of the break. It's the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 
It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash of Sam and Ash Injury Law. Ash, I know it's just you today. I'm flying solo too. Darren Millard running around doing whatever Darren Millard does before he heads out to the Olympics. So let's make this one amazing. How are you doing? I'm great, Ryan. How are you? You know, I'm good. I feel like we don't ever really get a chance to just talk you and I, but you know, I'm I'm curious to see how much of the Stanley Cup final or did you end up watching and and were you really keeping up with the game last night? I watched zip, zilch, nada, none of it. You know, I, I as soon as the nights were out, I was out. I, I stuck with my team. I was like, we're done. I'll, we're packing it up. We'll be back next year. I feel like that's not uncommon, right? Like a lot of times when you've got a a dog in the fight, when you've got a team that you root for, when their season ends, even if it's before the championship round, I feel like you just kind of check out and you're ready to go and already focused on next year. Yeah, absolutely. I also think so dramatically, like when it's right there, when you're so close, you know, you're exhausted, you're pulling for your team, you've done two brutal series before that, you go to the semis. And so I think losing it at that point is what hmm. really makes it hard to continue on. So our topic this week is an interesting one because it has to do with the Stanley Cup final and it has to do with ice and specifically ice shavings being utilized in a special edition beer. Coors and the Tampa Bay Lightning have teamed up to create a Champions Ice limited edition beer that has been brewed with ice shavings from game one of the Stanley Cup final. So I I guess that like my, my main question right off the bat is like, how could this be sanitary? Yeah. Well, you know, with all food products, you know, it's uh, there are sanitation requirements, and it's a concern. But it, you know, Coors has said they've they've run it through all of their um, cleansing procedures and to make sure it's safe and edible and consumable, like all other water that they utilize in their products. But before we get into that, what's your is Coors Light your beer? What's your actual go-to drink? <laughs> on a hot so day? for. For me, the go-to drink is is probably going to be a Jameson and some type of of soda because that's really where I tend to go when it's hot. I'm not really a beer guy. I'm much more a give me the hard liquor and let me just get that drink in me. What about you? It. Uh, you know, I either like a, a cool, a cold, cold beer or like a light beer. But my, uh, an employee here in the office, great friend, uh, she has me on an IPA tour. She's trying to educate me in the <laughs> land of IPAs that apparently everyone else has been on for five years, and I'm just now getting onto the bandwagon. So I've been trying those, and they're nice. It's, it's interesting. But for a hot day, um, you know, I've actually been getting into these seltzer waters. There's some good ones out there that are crisp, light, don't make you feel heavy. So I'm, I'm kind of a little bit basic right now. Not a heavy hard alcohol, just numb the pain kind of person. (laughs) Now, I I do wonder, because we're talking about this specially uh, brewed beer with ice shavings from the Stanley Cup final, would you drink that beer? That's the question I want to know. No, it's Coors Light. I'm out. (laughs) If it was maybe maybe, uh, ice from T-Mobile and our team had won, for sure. It could have been... It could have just been the ice melted. I would drink it, but uh, but here, I you know, I'd have no ties to it. 
So would just you? in terms of I would um, and now not this one specifically, like I think that there has to be some some parameters I'm putting on it. It would be my favorite team winning the Stanley Cup. It would be it would have to be kind of a specialty scenario where I would do it. But I think as a fan, right, like the, those are the moments that you live for the I, the chance to drink the ice from the Stanley Cup in beer form. I, I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, for the the Tampa Bay fans, absolutely. If they're not down to drink it, then they're not a true fan. I'm with you. If it was my team, if it's my team, I'm in. So, the question that that arises is obviously we know that this is going to be sanitized. We know that there are strict uh, protocols in place to make sure that that any impurities in the ice shavings are going to be uh, worked through before this beer goes to market. But like, if someone were to get sick after drinking the beer, would they have any type of case? Yeah, absolutely. Remember, we were dealing with this uh, earlier this year with Real Water, just the water company based out of Las Vegas. People were getting ill and having uh, hepatitis um, in children and all over uh, related to after consuming this water. And so lawsuits were filed and investigations were conducted, and they found out that the sanitation procedures that they were utilizing were, were far below the actual standards required and, and they were dangerous. And so if someone got ill after drinking this water, absolutely, they need to document the purchase. They want to make sure they have a receipt of the purchase of it, a picture of them holding it, whatever, um, and then go to the doctor, and the doctor can link it all up. And then you need a lawyer to help um, you get into the records and figure out uh, what type of procedures were being utilized to make sure that um, the, the beer was actually safe and consumable, like they promised. Now, the, the secondary question that I have is, is in terms of Coors Light, like, is there any type of warning they could place on the beer that would absolve them of, of any wrongdoing if there was an issue with, with a consumer becoming sick? No, you can't, you can't um, warn around basic safety and health um, restrictions and guidelines. Remember, these, these food companies and beverage companies, they're held to strict, strict uh, regulations by all of the various government agencies so they can't just slap a label on it and they go on out there and good luck um, but yeah it, it would be interesting and I, I I'm confident Coors has everything locked up and it's not um, going to be dirty champions ice as they call it but um, yeah I'm curious <laughs> to see what the label looks like and and how many people are consuming it or just putting it on a shelf as a collector's item you know, switching gears from the Champions Ice to Bud Light, that was on the table yesterday when Nikita Kucherov had his post-game press conference. Um, it was eventful for a number of different reasons. I know you've seen the press conference. I know you saw what Nikita Kucherov had to say. What were your thoughts on that? I had, to, I had a lot of thoughts. I had to watch it a couple times <laughs> to fully process everything that was going on, Bud Light, shirtless, um, kind of rambling all over the place. But, uh, look, there's, there's a way to win and there's not a way to win. And I, I, I look at this, and it, some people are calling it legendary, and I think it was a little bit disrespectful, especially for someone that's clearly been there before. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the team was there last year. Act like you've been there before. Um, so, I don't know. I, I always say win with class.
Yeah, you know, I, it's always interesting because I, I think the bigger question is how much personality do we want in the game versus what do we want that personality to look like, right? Because a lot of times we talk about hockey as being very cookie cutter. There, there are really cliche answers we get all the time. And then when a player kind of steps outside of that, even under this, this umbrella of being disrespectful, I think it gets championed because it's just a little bit different. Yeah, I, I completely agree. After winning the Stanley Cup, you definitely get a pass and you get more um, <laughs> leeway on, on, you know, you get a few more yards on either side of what you can say and get away with. So in, in one respect, it's endearing. In the other respect, you know, I can understand if people are a little turned off by it. Um, I don't like yeah. when they make digs at other players because awards are won. Like, just move on, celebrate it. You know, they were giving the Canadians fans, the Montreal fans, a, a bad rap up um, for – how they were cheering and, you know, like just there's a way to celebrate and there's just a way not. And I think some of the stuff he said crossed the line. But overall, I enjoyed what, it. I love people post wins just having fun. What would you do with your day with the Stanley Cup if you were to win a Stanley Cup? What would you do with that? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, you know, I might um, – Disneyland? Is that, I think I would take it to Disneyland, <laughs> see if I could get it on the teacups, do a little – uh, loop to loop, you know, have fun with it. What would you do? Uh, you know what? I would just, I would have a barbecue in the backyard. That's, that's really what I would do. I would, I would hang out you... with my friends and family. That's, I, that's who I am though. Like I, I just, I wouldn't go too crazy. I would just be like being around that trophy. It is so awe inspiring. That's really all I'd need is friends, family, and the Stanley cup. That's where I'd go. But you'd be sipping your uh, Jameson out of that, right? <laughs> yes, Jameson out of the Stanley Cup. I, I don't see how that can be a bad day. <laughs> I, I agree. I'm with you. There would definitely have to be a fun hey, alcoholic Ash. beverage poured in the top and consumed out of it. And hopefully a sanitized one, properly sanitized <laughs> 100%. Hey, Sam and Ash, uh, Ash, thank you so much for jumping on the call with us. This week we will talk to you Next week, if you have any questions or if anyone has any questions, Ash, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the best way is our website, samandashlaw.com or 702-820-1234, We're available anytime you need us. Thank you again, Ash, samandashlaw.com, because you deserve what's right. This has been the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the BGK Insider Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash. Visit them at SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's right.